Hello, it's Monday the 18th of December. I'm Miranda Sawyer and my credit card's gone all hot. Welcome back to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review, where we put on our special specs and take a beady look at the UK press. We do a close examination of their front pages, take the long view on their entrenched politics and hold up their features section to the light, saying things like, how much? And call that a sex party? And are those trousers or is she actually wearing a child's duvet? We're out every weekday, even during the Christmas holidays, so next week we'll still be here, cheering you up when the inter-family games are getting a bit intense. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. Money Moan has many moans. Michelle Moan admits she lied to the press about her family gaining £60 million from Covid PPE. Papa's got a brand new brag. The top five letdowns of 2023 and what to boast about this year. And... Elsina in Wonderland. Tom Cruise and his fabulous Russian girlfriend go to overpriced funfair. Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, where we know exactly how many days it is to Christmas. Thanks. I'm Miranda Sawyer and with me today is writer of columns for CNN and woman who's heard all the Christmas jokes available about her name. Thanks. It's Holly Thomas. Hello. And also joining us is comedian and man who knows the implications of looking downtrodden and standing near a door. It's Matt Green. Hello, Matt. Hello. So what do we have on the front pages today? Holly, what do we have? Well, on the cover of the eye, a story we will be coming back to in some Mm. depth, um, we have the Michelle Moan interview. It says, I lied about COVID deal, but have done nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. Nothing at all. Um, Just um, potentially profited many, many millions of pounds uh, from uh, a PPE deal with the government. Um, So we'll dive into that in a bit. Uh, The Daily Telegraph has Israel risks breaking law with its killing rage, says Wallace. Um, So that's a quote from former Defence Secretary Ben Wallace, um, the ongoing horror uh, in Israel and Gaza. And then the Times has 3,000 ward admissions a day linked to obesity. Patient numbers double in six years. And then on the Guardian, again, Michelle Moan, uh, it says, Moan admits lying to media over links to firm in PPE deal scandal. And then we have a very earnest photo of Michelle uh, during her interview with Laura Kunzberg. Um, Matt, what do you have? Well, uh, the son have gone with Farage shock at drugs raid. Uh, the parents of his daughter's boyfriend are uh, have been arrested in a drugs raid. Um, uh, the Mirror have gone with a, a horrible Christmas story. Reindeer horror. British firm is offering trips to slaughter reindeers. It's so horrible, this story. It's, it's really, <laughs> it's pretty horrible. Grim. You have to go to Norway and then just shoot a reindeer because, you know, maybe people, maybe it's people who've spent too much time working in retail at Christmas and they have to <laughs> oh, God. let off some steam. Um, and uh, next up, we've got the Mail, uh, who've gone with uh, another one of their War on Woke. It's um, Esther Wages War on Woke. Esther McVeigh, the Minister for Common Sense, unveils her crackdown on public sector waste. So that's the same story we've been hearing all year, basically. I find it quite interesting. They're cracking down on public sector waste next to a big picture of Michelle Moan. Yeah. Um, Yes, exactly. It's one of those classic ones where the picture and the headline do quite a lot of work for us. Um, And uh, and then the star have gone with, all I want for Christmas is snooze. Turns out that um, sleeping in is good for you. Yeah, lions are good for you. I so. like the fact that it says, leave mum and dad alone, kids. <laughs> yeah. 
give them a lion. Yeah, it very much feels like the, whoever wrote these headlines has had quite stressful Christmases in the past. Yeah, definitely. And there's a nice big picture of Santa having a snooze as well, isn't there? Yeah. Although I'm unhappy about his boxer shorts. Oh. What? Yeah, let's not think about it. You can Ooh. see... <laughs> It's, yeah, there's more sort of Santa underwear than I think I'm used to. Yeah, so we, than we like. <laughs> um, okay, I feel like we should mention a story that actually is not on the front covers. Um, Prince Harry's win at the court on Friday. So this came too late for us to cover it on Friday. And it was covered by a few papers on Saturday, but not all. Surprisingly, it was ignored by the Mail and The Sun. So, Holly, what happened on Friday? So we had the decision from uh, the case uh, Harry took to court um, claiming that the Mirror tapped his phone in the 2000s and also just took part in a lot of illegal activity to obtain stories about him. So kind of blagging, pretending to be someone else, hiring private investigators and just kind of bothering any anyone related to him to get stories. Justice Fancourt ruled that he had been sub to damaging illegal press activity between 2003 and 2009. I think they submitted a sample of something like 33 articles out of a massive array that Harry's obviously got a scrapbook packed with them. Mm -hmm. But of the 33 articles, I think something like 15 were found to have been obtained illegally. Um, So yeah, a huge turnaround. I think, I mean, we can all remember the coverage of Harry at the time was pretty derisive. He was kind of described as kind of hysterical, um, you know, falling short of like he's making it up. People were not taking him especially seriously. Um, but now, yeah, huge turnaround. Um, also quite significant because in 2015, the CPS decided there was insignificant evidence to prosecute the mirror. But we've got loads of new documents now, lots of evidence and yeah, quite vindicating. Yeah, so they might be able to prosecute it now because basically there's been thousands of documents seen in court. So they're, they're kind of out there. Uh, Piers Morgan had a bit of a reaction to that, didn't he? Because he was the editor of the mirror at the time that we're talking about. Yeah, he did. He gave a very angry doorstep uh, statement. Um, mm. And and the language was quite careful. He said, you know, I've never hacked a phone. I've never told anyone to hack a phone. Um, and uh, it's just a, another um, uh, another episode in the war between Prince Harry and Meghan Markle and Piers Morgan, which c- seems set to continue. It does, really. I mean, they should just maybe have a physical fight. <laughs> yeah. Do you not think? I think let's bring back trial by combat just for this. <laughs> Yeah. Piers Morgan said that Harry wouldn't recognise the truth if it slapped him in his California tanned face, yeah. which is a, like very combative language. Yeah, I think they could do it. I yeah. think they could really do it. If you think about all those kind of boxing matches that KSI organised, and it really get a lot of money. Didn't didn't he have, or he was going to have one with Jeremy Clarkson years ago? Oh, there was going yes, to be a boxing right, they... match. <laughs> <laughs> so. There was a bit of a bap at uh, British Press Awards, as I recall. Yeah. Anyway, so Harry's focus is now going to move to the Daily Mail. So which is why the mail is kind of ignoring it. Yes, uh, the, there was a statement read on his behalf um, when the ruling was announced. And I think the last three words were, the mission continues. Mm. Which kind of sounds like a video game. <laughs> it's like he's eliminated one boss and he's next on to the next. Yeah, it's like Mission Impossible, yeah. the British version. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, on the front page of quite a few papers is Michelle Moan. For those who don't remember the lovely Michelle, sometimes known as Baroness Bra. She was made a life peer in 2015 by David Cameron for her services to both the knicker and the diet pill industry, amongst other business ventures. Uh, A year ago in December 2022, sadly, she decided to take a leave of absence from the House of Lords in order to clear her name of certain allegations. And ever since then, the House of Lords just hasn't functioned properly. Yeah, it just hasn't (laughs) been the same. So, Holly, what were those allegations? 
So Michelle Moan and her husband, Doug Barrowman, who runs the Knox Group, which is a financial services firm based on the Isle of Man. Uh, which is uh, a tax haven. <laughs> um, essentially, the allegation is that they used the COVID crisis to make £60 million in profits um, on two deals to supply PPE to the government. Um, basically, um, in May and June of 2020, the government was kind of rushing through deals, you know, just given the emergency. And uh, Michelle Hope Moan's husband um, handily had just set up a company um, that made PPE, which, I mean, who? what are the chances? And um, they that company won a contract worth a total of $203 million, um, to supply face masks and uh, gowns. At the time, uh, Michelle said she had absolutely no ties, no idea, nothing, you know, just like completely hands off. Yeah. And now she's admitted, oh, actually, no. Um, so he made something like six million in profits. Those profits go into a trust. She's a beneficiary of that trust. Yeah, and Um, her kids and his kids. Yes. Having denied it for a very long time. But she did nothing wrong, to be absolutely clear. She said she <laughs> she did lie, but that was to protect her family from the press. She had no idea that she was meant to declare an interest, you know, and no, you know, no idea that she should ask. Um, you know, she is simply a member of the House of Lords, which makes the law. Why on earth would she be curious about that process at all? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she, she gave a very uh, emotional in- interview with Laura Kunzberg, which it, it seems she was confident would kind of endear her her to the public um, but uh, it doesn't seem to have had that effect No, that interview is really interesting isn't it so it's basically uh, Michelle Moan and uh, her husband Doug Barrowman and they're being interviewed by Laura Kinsberg and looking very contrite aren't they well as contrite as Michelle can and um, it's I mean, it was a hilarious interview, wasn't it? It was not quite on the Prince Andrew scale, but it was getting there. It was, it, yeah, it, it was certainly from that range. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's another interview in the in the sort of um, series of badly advised ideas. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, quite a lot of their problems seem to be blamed on their advisors. There was a lot of, well, we didn't declare this because we were advised that we didn't need to declare it. Mm. And we were, our, our lawyers told us that we should just ignore that. And our lawyers said that we didn't need to mention that. There's a lot of like, well, yeah, but you appointed those lawyers and you appointed those advisors. So it's still sort of your problem, really. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, the, the interview I found, what was funny about it was just how much they thought they were the victims in this, that there was a real sense of we've with we've worked very hard and I think actually people should be thanking us. Yeah, definitely. She said they answered the call. They're, they're <laughs> literally like flying to the rescue yeah. of the yeah. government and the country by supplying. Also, apparently the surgical gowns weren't even fit for purpose. No, they weren't. That's a, being, there's a civil case <laughs> yeah. against them. So not only have they now like this, it's quite interesting because now the National Crime, Crime Agency are investigating and they're facing allegations of conspiracy to defraud, fraud by false representation and bribery, all of which they deny, obviously. But those are crimes. But then there's a civil case from the government Saying we ordered the you know millions of pounds worth of gowns and they were they didn't work yeah they weren't wrapped properly we couldn't use them at all but somehow you know within this they took sixty million pounds profit and they said yeah well it's only thirty percent of what it was this is what we should be taking yeah thirty yeah, percent so profit much. margin totally normal yeah, isn't it normal <laughs> yeah. yeah we work really hard this is this is fine yeah anyway I just wondered you know in case people weren't sure who Michelle Moan was um. Perhaps you could describe a lovely photo she put up on Insta in August uh, 2021, Matt. Well, it's it's become quite a notorious photo, hasn't mm. it? Um, and she's deleted it from her Instagram, I noticed today. I was trying to find it again to check when it was. And yeah, that's gone. But it's her in a very fetching swimsuit, presumably from her range. Um, <laughs> and she's next to a yacht. Uh, and the yacht has the word 
a Lady M on it. So mm-hmm. very much looks like it's been named for her or after her. Uh, and the uh, caption is, business isn't easy, but it is rewarding. Oh, God. And let's just very remember... It's endearing, isn't it? It is endearing because I think what people love in the middle of a pandemic is seeing people doing well. I yeah, think, doing you know, really well, but yeah. having made money out of us. And, but she's saying that actually the, the, the PPA MedPro profits weren't used to buy the yacht. No, no, no. She says, um, that's not my yacht. That's not my money. Um, I don't have that money and my kids don't have that money. Um, it's nothing to do with them. It's simply in a trust on, you know, yeah. of, of which they're beneficiaries. But she's right because um, I don't have, the, I've got a bank account, but that's not my money. It's, yeah, yeah. it's in the bank. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The bank's got that money. Exactly. You know. she, she was just isolating responsibly on her yacht and yeah. everyone's coming for her. Yeah, it's just, it's very, very sad. It's a kind of a good example of the Streisand effect in a way because I think if she hadn't put that picture up, it wouldn't. People wouldn't have been quite so interested in like. Hang on. What do you mean? Business is good. It's twenty twenty one. What's going on? <laughs> what business? She and her husband. Well, she she made a YouTube documentary in mm. which, which again, she's clearly anticipating will kind of garner sympathy. But she's basically, and she in the documentary saying she's saying, oh, you know, the media call me a liar, and it's like you. Just called yourself a liar, yeah. Michelle. Um, and then at the in the end credits of the documentary, it shows that it was paid for by her husband's company. It's like, God, if you if you want to just make this any naughtier, like why not just step away, take a breath, Michelle. <laughs> Now, jolly stories in the press about people going to Winter Wonderland, which is an empty-your-wallet Christmas funfair in Hyde Park. I have been on a couple of occasions, listeners, and both time I became resentful in under half an hour. There's an entry fee of a fiver or £7.50 per person, that's adult or child, and then you have to pay for the rides, plus £15 for a circus. And the circus, honestly, we did do that, and it lasted for about 20 minutes. Oh, my God. It's terrible. £16.50 for the ice rink, £11 for the big wheel. There's an ice bar, a Christmas market, a street food village, a Bavarian village. And basically, if you can get out of there without dropping £100 per person, you're doing well. Anyway, lots of fabulous people go there, apparently, (laughs) and they don't feel resentful at all. So, Holly, who's been going? So, Tom Cruise and his amazing new girlfriend uh, who is a Russian divorcee that feels so like 30 years ago to describe yeah. someone as that um, Alcina Kairova my fave she's <laughs> so good yes, so basically an insider um, uh, at the sun who we can kind of assume is Alcina can, can exclusively reveal that they put on their best disguises to visit Winter Wonderland I just want everyone to take a moment to try and picture in their heads what <laughs> Elsina Kairova is because I suspect less than 1% of people could do that Tom, Tom Cruise uh, fair enough I, mm. yeah he needs a disguise she doesn't she reminds me a lot of um, one particular Made in Chelsea person who was on for maybe half a season and there was on the sidebar of shame I mean she might still be and this was about 15 years ago she was on the show and she's still somehow on the sidebar of shame suspiciously regularly it it, ha- it has that vibe the thing you about do- Elsina is she's not just um, incredible um, in terms of her um, sort of Instagram feed in terms of photos but the captions are brilliant yes, yes. I've, I've been going through them today um, I just want to share two with you because I think she's one of life's great philosophers um, <laughs> there's a picture of her I think possibly looks like in a bathroom corridor and the caption is this is a men's world or woman's oh god <laughs> 
And uh, there's another one of her wearing a coat badly. Uh, and the um, caption is, gentle as a dove and brave as a lioness. She is all these things. Yeah. She is, I mean, her Instagram is a constant gift. I, I cannot recommend it highly. It's at Elsina underscore K. We love her. Anyway, I do have to, th- I think we should take a moment to think what the disguises might be in Winter Wonderland, given that Elsina, I mean, other than, there's only one stalker for Elsina and it's me. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like she could possibly swan through Winter Wonderland in just... I mean, her disguise would just have to be something pretty, wouldn't it? Maybe she'd have a different a, a different crown on her head or something. But I think I do... just make sure people don't see her from behind, which is the only angle that yeah, she has on true. her Instagram mostly. That's true. They may recognise her slim figure. But Tom Cruise, he would have to wear a disguise, wouldn't he? Mm. What would he wear? Little elf ears. Elf ears, yes. <laughs> yeah. She would wear a little elf ears. He would actually have to go the full hog, wouldn't he? He'd have to have like an elf face, to be honest. One of those masks from the Mission Impossible films. Yeah, one of the ones from Eyes Wide Shut, maybe. Yeah. But- yeah. But she'd surely be given away by like the assistant who's clearly following her at all times yeah. with a fan blowing <laughs> so that like and no matter even when like the leaves are completely still in the photos, somehow her hair and her cl- I mean she's sometimes wearing sort of like cloaks and stuff. Like, like she looks a bit like kind of like st- like Star Wars meets Balma. <laughs> like yeah. kind of um but yeah, I mean I I just can't understand how they could possibly get about um incognito. Um but well, I think uh, maybe it's because everyone else that went to is also just yeah, taking selfies true. the whole time. So they're just, everyone's surrounded by their own, you know, yeah, photographer. They're not looking. And no one's looking. That's true. Anyway, the, in the sun, it continues, doesn't it? It does. Um, so it says, uh, you know, with all their millions, Tom and Elsina can live the high life and never have to be near the public. But since they've been in London, they've been going out and about without anyone noticing them. Amazing, right? Um, and then <laughs> it continues... Last week, they went on a secret date to Winter Wonderland so they could see the attractions. It's a really romantic spot for couples. It really isn't. It really, <laughs> really, really isn't. It's full of kids and teenagers. And I mean, it's just not romantic. It's not romantic. Sorry. Now, it's Monday, and that means it's Who's Won Fix the Headline Day. Hooray. Every Friday, we find a great story with a not-so-great header, and we offer it to you, the Paper Cuts listeners, to give it the headline that it deserves. On Friday, we gave you a rare example of Headline Ninjas, the star, getting it wrong. They had a story about boffins discovering that they can make a new high-tech rocket fuel from cow dung. And they went with, cow dung, we have a problem. Which is clearly absolutely bobbins because cloud dung doesn't even sound like Houston. So we offered it out to you to see if you could come up with a headline that's worthy of such an excellent news snippet. And you did. You did really well, actually, this week. There were loads. On X, Sophia gave us cow a dunga space dudes. Pretty good. <laughs> George Waitman tried uh, in space. No one can hear you moo. Max Harvey offered pooper rising. <laughs> I really like that. That's a good one. That's my favourite so far. Nick Horn had to go with cattle star galactita. <laughs> it's so good. And William went with crapolo thirteen. On threads, Jen Stainer gave us Poo Infinity and Moo Yond. Nice. <laughs> and Annette Campbell gave us Fly Me to the Moo. But the winner is Daniel Van Bursen with the short but perfectly formed Space Shuttle. <laughs> Strong work. It's Strong so work all around. good. It's so good. Well done. Great stuff. Just send us your address, Daniel, and your T-shirt size, and soon you will be swanking about in an exclusive Papercuts T-shirt, and everyone will think you're amazing. But what about today? Have we got any good headlines? So you have the sun, Holly. What do you have? 
so on the front page of The Sun, we have uh, the match between Liverpool and Man United, which was nil-nil. I'd say more about this, but I don't know anything. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't have the context. Headline is, draw not singing anymore. Okay, so it should be you're not seeing one, obviously, and it's yeah. a draw. But, you know, we're expecting high jinx from that match because, unfortunately, Man United lost by a very large amount last time. But um, oh. they kept it to nil-nil. No, so. I know what draws are, but that, that is the extent of my knowledge, <laughs> I'm afraid. Um, uh, and then on page three, uh, we have uh, Slade's gig tickets flop. So, they're yeah, Glamrocker Slade are uh, just not selling uh, tickets this Christmas mm. for their festive tour. Uh, the headline is, come on, fill the void. That's pretty good. That yeah. is a very good That's headline. It's also uh, quite a bleak headline, isn't it? It's yeah. <laughs> so this is possibly because Noddy Holder is not in the band. So why would you want to go and see Slade? Mm. Waste of time. Okay. And what else have you got? Okay. So um, page two, um, also on the sun. This is really fun. So uh, Rishi Sunak took time out of his busy, busy schedule um, to take his family to a Christmas pantomime. He literally dashed back from Italy to do this. Okay. So that's commitment. Um, he uh, he said, nice to have the drama on stage for, the one, for once. Anyway, headline is Rishi Washi. Yeah. <laughs> it's so old school. <laughs> it is. I feel like that's kind of really widely applicable. You <laughs> have done so many stories about Rishi. Okay. So, Matt, what do you have? So, another headline about that match at the weekend <laughs> Blankety Mank. See, that's pretty good. I, I think, think they're good. And they're even more on the back pages, but we've been stopped because nobody cares about football other than me and the producer. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, it. Stop now. I, I, yeah, okay, I like that one. Um, what's the next one? Oh, the sun. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a, a chip shop is getting in the festive mood by serving a battered Christmas pudding. Whoa. Um, which sounds terrifying. Uh, and the uh, headline is Dreaming of a Fried Christmas. That's quite nice. Lovely stuff. Uh, and in the star, oh, it's another football one. Um <laughs> Uh, Nicholas Jackson, who's apparently a footballer, says he doesn't take any notice of his critics because they're talking S and do not know football, a bit like us. And his uh, and the headline is Jackson Bollocks. Hey. Jackson Bollocks. The the rare example of a football slash art headline. <laughs> Now, we have two articles that kind of chime with each other. In The Guardian, Emma Beddington has been writing about her alternative to Spotify Wrapped, which is a very Guardian, the top five letdowns of 2023. She also talks about boasting season, and this allies with an article in The Times from Hilary Rose, and she's given us the bragging list of 2023. Shall we do The Guardian first? So, um, yeah, her, her top five things that have let her down this year. Phrases used when opening my emails. The idea that apparently when she gets emails, she says things like go away, which suggests to me that she's getting emails from the wrong people. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. Oh, God. A guttural noise of horrified disgust. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. So I think people need to stop emailing Emma Beddington. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's so, what we've really. learned from that. Uh, yeah. Repeat purchases, things that she's bought a lot that haven't helped. This is one, I, I understand this one, Boots Dual Defense Nasal Spray, that spray that you put up your nose when you think you're about to get a cold and it's Ooh, meant to I've stop never it. Used it. I've used that so many times over the last few years and, and you always think, oh, it's worked. And then two days later, <laughs> you get a really bad cold. It oh. sort of seems to stop it for like a day. Um, uh, uh, people on Instagram I have envied. 
the bins. <laughs> the sources of, yeah, sources of household tension. Bins, 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 bins. God, I could give you a lot more sources of household tension than bins. Yeah. Bins is pretty mellow. I think it feels to me that maybe her um, partner has been emailing her about the bins a lot. Oh, yeah, uh, that could be there. <laughs> that's why she's getting so annoyed about it. Uh, and biggest letdowns, things including um, collagen, uh, every food I've tried to grow except runner beans, and Keir Starmer. So a little bit of politics right at the end. A little bit of politics. And then on the other side, she goes on. she's going on about boasting season, which is, which I kind of understand, which is the idea, you remember, them, it doesn't happen anymore, but people used to do round robins of their fabulous life. And, yeah. you know, it was an email thing. And now it's just Instagram. But I just kind of think, like when people moan about Instagram being full of boasty people, I just think that's the point. Like, just enjoy it. They're all boasting and they look lovely. And it's also fine. the like ridiculous Van Robins are really funny. Exactly. <laughs> it's really, really funny. Like, especially at the kind of faux modest ones. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I remember reading one circulating ages ago from someone who was like, oh, you know, we've just been slumming in a, it's an, in a hotel because our house is being remodeled. And <laughs> it's just like a really fun window into someone's life that you wouldn't otherwise get. And it's like, oh, you're deliberately choosing to share that with people like it's it's fun I think it's a shame in a way that Instagram and Twitter and, and Facebook and stuff have meant that that's spread out over the year that you yeah. get that over yeah. the year instead of like a really concentrated dose of it at Christmas yeah that's true we should just reinstall it maybe we could put it on Instagram like this is Christmas boasting season mm. yeah. get on with it yeah. come on do it hardcore like boasting wrapped exactly yeah. and exactly. I think every year there's there's always a few you get which they're sort of trying to do the sort of the humble brag thing of mm. trying to be like, oh, I know this is a bit of a boast, but yes, we do have a holiday house, or yes, our youngest has gone to Cambridge, or yeah, whatever. It's always that, and they can't quite get it right, and it's always <laughs> worse than just saying it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're really proud of you. Well done. <laughs> and then in the Times, um, Hillary Rose, who I do quite like, I like her article. She writes really um, meanly, but very hilariously about um, Harry and Meghan and I've enjoyed those articles <laughs> but anyway <laughs> she has now decided that well, she's not going to do that she's written about the bragging list of 2023 which is very celebrity based isn't it and these are all the th kind of things that you should one should have had in 2023 to be fabulous I'm, I, I mean, I can't actually recognise half of these. <laughs> You're not fabulous enough. Apparently, apparently I'm just sub-fabulous. Um, so a couple of them are kind of attainable. One is wearing no makeup. I mean, depending on how you feel about doing this. Mm. One is wearing no makeup. Um, Hillary is very suspicious of people who do this. She says, why would you embrace looking worse? Mm. Um, she sort of says, you know, Faces can look normal and beautiful without makeup, but, you know, a lick of mascara and a dab of blush wouldn't work. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. I think it's kind of, I think don't wear makeup. I don't really understand why we need to brag about it. But it's, about a, it's a celebrity thing. So every, it's because Gwyneth Paltrow has her photos taken without makeup and so did um, Pamela Anderson. Yes. And it, it also, I suppose, implies that you can afford all of the kind of facials mm. and sleep yeah. uh, necessary and diet or whatever yeah. to have glowy skin uh, that doesn't need concealer. It's basically famously beautiful woman looks, <laughs> looks famously beautiful. beautiful. Exactly. Yeah. And, all, and nearly always when they say no makeup, I mean, really, to the trained eye, you're like... There is a bit of makeup there. <laughs> There's a bit of tinted moisturiser, I would say. Yeah. And what else is there? There's a cargo bike. There's it's a lot of stuff that's just about kind of pretending that you've, you, well, not pretending, you have a lot of money, but you're kind of indicating that this means you have a lot of money, but actually you like to get back to nature. Yes. It, there's a kind of, I mean, I'm being a real dick, I suppose, but there's a sort of implication of like, oh, we're so eco-friendly. We would never get in the car. Mm. But also if you're prepared to kind of push your kids around on a cargo bike that has a kind of like cart in front of it, it's like, mm. imagine if the basket was bigger than the bike. 
lake and kind of ground level. It, that sort of implies that you live so close to everything you need to be. You don't really need to travel very far. Mm. So that implies a lot of money. And also having the space to store this thing, yeah. which is as big as a car, basically, that implies you probably have a garage or at the mm. very least an enormous hallway. Um, so yeah, so similarly, having your own swimming pond yeah, um, right. because chlorine is just so <laughs> gross. Yeah. Um, although, I mean, God, isn't algae really poor? Doesn't Hampstead Pond have to famously close half the time because <laughs> of al- poisonous algae? So, But then you can pop into your outdoor sauna. Oh, oh, oh that's such that a good too. point. Yeah, because you've yeah. already got an indoor sauna, so you need an outdoor sauna yeah. too. And you've got to move from London to the Cotswolds. Yeah, I sort of feel like if you want to have your own swimming pond, you would need to live in the Cotswolds. But also it would be completely impractical to be riding around on your cargo bike because presumably things are so spread out because everyone's got these like gigantic estates. It's kind of how I imagine it. So yeah. you don't... Maybe you're just riding around your estate. Yeah. That could be it. And, then... and finally, there's multiple ear piercing, which I, 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 I sneer at because I always think if you've got many holes in your ears, which I do have, you should have done them when you were 14, which I did do. So like if you wait until you're the middle, middle age to do your multiple ear piercing, that is incorrect. I don't know. My mum's doing it in a kind of... It's quite cute. She's also planning to get a tattoo um, of, like, a cartoon. Um, oh, that's I, quite nice. I, I like that. Ago. I yeah. I think it's... Yeah, I think it, she'll look cool with it. I just can't... I, I can't be trusted with nice things. I would just... Lo- I can't own that many earrings. They would just... <laughs> it's a midlife thing, huh? It's, yeah. a, it's multiple ear-piercing midlife crisis. So, Matt, after all that money spent at Winter Wonderland, I imagine there's, you know, basically people have no money left at all. And there is a piece in the mail about a woman who is enforcing a no presents rule this Christmas, which seems a bit extreme, but there you go. Yeah, this is a piece they've really splashed on. It's over three pages in the mail. Why I refuse to buy any gifts this Christmas, brackets, and doting grannies and aunties can't either. So quite full on from from Dina Van Tulliken, his wife of Chris Van Tulliken, who's one of those twin brothers, uh, doctors who bang on about not eating processed foods. Mm. Um, And she's written this piece, which essentially is basically we've all got too much stuff and buying Christmas presents is wasteful. And I'm kind of with her on that, that we've all, you know, particularly children get bought a lot of things. And what becomes clear in the piece is they just buy their kids loads of stuff all the time. So why Christmas? You know, Christmas isn't special for them, really. That They're always getting stuff. Her husband's always traveling around the world and buying them things from airports and bringing gifts back and stuff. So their kids have got loads of things. Mm. And so she feels like Christmas has become over, you know, overstuffed with presents and things. Okay, their kids are six and three, right? So she has this idea that what you what you should do is you gather up kind of old toys that they're not really playing with, hide them away, right? And then put them, then she's going to continue to pretend that, that Santa is exists, which is part of the deal with little kids. So their stockings will be filled with these old toys that she's gathered up, right? And that'll be fine because, you know, it comes from Santa and the kids won't notice. I can tell you now, the kids will notice. Kids <laughs> notice everything. So they like, that if it's a toy that they even played with once vaguely or even that they rejected, it's in their head. And they will know. It's like a complete, really quick disillusionment about Santa. It just feels like they're tackling this from the complete the wrong angle. Surely the solution is to just stop buying presents the rest of the year. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, like, you know, why not just concentrate? Because part of wasn't part of her complaint that her husband not only buys loads of presents when he's traveling, but they're they're kind of just thoughtless, like something at the airport, like a token thing. Mm. Why not instead of doing that all year, actually concentrate on what your children might want and get them that. <laughs> 
for Christmas. Yeah. It's, it feels like both really wasteful and really stingy at the same time, which is an unusual kind of... Com- like, that's that's quite an achievement. To yeah, it is. I think and- another reason why her children might notice something's wrong is that they've done a big photo shoot uh, <laughs> for the story. And the photo shoot involves her, like giving her, uh, one of her kids like an orange and her kid oh, looking God. annoyed about it. So That's the other thing. And her, if her husband's one of these like, what was like the diety, like weird vibes, like tw- diet yeah. doctor. And, yeah. Can you just imagine like they'll be have it sitting down to Christmas lunch after a day of, I don't know, doing, I don't know, nothing. Like yeah. opening their old presents or like old, being reunited with old toys. And then they're having like God knows what, like salad or something. For, <laughs> yeah. It's, it sounds it miserable. Sad. Especially because she she's actually saying the kids have got, right, three grandparents eight aunts and uncles and seven cousins and she's told all of them not to buy the presents yeah and I'm like because I assumed that she would go oh okay we're not buying them anything they'll get something nice from the granny it'll be yeah. fine yeah, yeah yeah and I think I think I mean there are there are some interesting ideas in it about mm. renting things which I think makes sense yeah, that you cool. know instead of getting them a new bike every year you do one of these rental schemes where you get a new bike from the scheme and you're, you're effectively recycling so I think that that kind of that does make sense and there are some nice ideas in it but it the whole article is slightly undercut about you know we've got to be careful about materialism and buying too much stuff that right along the bottom of the page <laughs> life's little luxuries Christmas candles <laughs> oh, and it's God. just an it's just it's got nothing else it's got nothing to do with the article at all just they've just Pops it in as a little um, feature. Here are, here are some candles that all cost more than £50 that you could buy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, listen, we've got um, just time for a little bit that we very much enjoyed. And it's about how developers have been stopped from putting an electric car charger station by the A1 in Stamford, Lincolnshire. Locals have objected, haven't they, Matt? Why have they objected? <laughs> I mean... They've objected because they fear that a charging station would become a magnet for antisocial behaviour, sex workers, dogging enthusiasts and muggers. <laughs> and I'll be honest, as someone who got an electric car this year for the first time, I um, I feel like I've missed out. <laughs> you definitely have. This is some kind of club, man. There's no, none, none of those things have happened to any of the chargers I've been to. Um, not not any of them have, have, have involved. Well, it does take a long time to charge. That's the only thing I kind of thought, OK, if you're sitting there for a really long time, because electric cars take a really long time, then you might get so bored that you think, you know what, spot of dogging. But this is a fa- the these, these are fast chargers we're talking about. It would be maximum oh. of half an hour. <laughs> Because, yeah, there's a guy, um, one of the objections said, um, this is a dimly lit area, it's unmanned, and it'll be a hotbed for all sorts of wrongdoing. I wouldn't be comfortable with my wife using such a facility, would you? (laughs) Oh, my God. And it's the idea of, it's such an old-fashioned thing, but also the idea of, are you saying that if your wife had to sit in a car for half an hour, she'd immediately start dogging? Is that... Is that the problem? Not, I think that is the problem. It's not the most convenient option. If you're just like, like, surely everyone's got a phone these days. Yeah. Why not just like watch YouTube for <laughs> half an hour, rather than cast around for some stranger? Yeah. Well, I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot on offer at these places. There's antisocial behaviour, sex workers, dogging enthusiasts, and muggers. So you could. I mean, there's lots to do. Yeah. It's but like, at least, but it's at least they're environmentally Wonderland. friendly do- doggers and muggers. Yeah. And that's the end of today's Paper Cuts. Thanks to Holly. Thank you. And thanks to Matt. Thank you. And if you're feeling extra Christmassy, then why not spread some cheer by joining the Paper Cuts Supporters Club? Just £3 a month gets you ad-free episodes, extended editions, mugs, T-shirts and a warm and fuzzy glow. Though that might be the Baileys you started drinking at mid-morning. There's a link in the show notes, so do yourself a Christmas favour and become an excellent Paper Cuts elf. 
I've been Miranda Sawyer, and you've been listening to Papercuts on a day when the Metro reveals that a prison in Chile, which introduced cats to deal with pests, reduced the reoffending rate. You could say these cats have the prisoner's feline good. Ah, <laughs> see you tomorrow. Papercuts was written and presented by Miranda Sawyer with Holly Thomas and Matt Creed. Audio production was by me, Robin Lieburn, music by Simon Williams, and socials by Jess Harpin and Kieran Leslie. Design is by Jim Parrott and art by Modern Toss, and the assistant producer is Adam Wright. Papercuts was produced by Podmasters group editor Andrew Harrison, managing editor is Jacob Jarvis, executive producer Martin Boitosh, and Papercuts is a Podmasters production. <laughs>